Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport with me, John Norman and Gareth Batty. Cricket back on the menu this week after a fruitful seven days. England making heavy weather in a four-wicket win in Ireland before relying on a captain's knock by Owen Morgan in a T20 against Pakistan in Cardiff. Then on Wednesday, well, that heavy weather returned to force an abandonment in the first ODI but not before Jofra Archer proved in four pulsating overs that he is more than worth the hype. Taken, yes it is. Just had a little juggle, Joe Root at second slip, but Archer has looked dangerous with that late movement. He has England's first. And on Saturday, well, his stock only went up further. England just about hanging on to win by 12 runs at the Aegeus Bowl after Joss Butler's brilliance saw them to 373 for three. Um, no, fantastic game of cricket. We, we did great to come out on, on the right side um, and, and delighted to start the summer in that fashion. You'll be hearing more from Joss, some Moe Nally and Freddie Flintoff as preparations for the World Cup stepped up a notch this week. Australia, I think, would be a surprise package. India are always good. Pakistan, good tournament players. If I was to have a little footer, I, I would back England. I think we've got a definite chance, and it's the first time in a long time that going into any World Cup in any sport, England can win it. So stay tuned, and if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the weekly cricket news. You're listening to Following On. So, Bats, here we are then, fresh from uh, victory for England at the GS Bowl. 12 runs. Uh, nobody really expected that. 373 for three in their 50. Uh, 50s for Johnny Bairstow. Jason Roy thought he was going to be top scoring for a while. He made 87. Joe Root, 40. And then Morgan and Butler coming together uh, to put on the best part of 200 in uh, just shy of 20 overs. 71 for Morgan from 48. 110 not out from uh, 55 balls at one stage after 39 deliveries they were both on the same score they're both on 60 uh, and then Butler just pressed the accelerator and off he went it's just extraordinary isn't it it's actually do you know what with Joss Butler when you watch him playing these innings 
it actually doesn't shock you anymore, does it? It's, it's almost like you expect him to play like this. I mean, he's just evolving his game uh, over and over and over again. I mean, we see him opening the batting now in the IPL. Uh, we see him doing what he's done for England today, the last 15 overs of the game. He's just got everything. Chuck him the new ball, he smacks you out the ground. Chuck him the old ball, reversing York as he smacks him out the ground. You name it, you name it, he can do it. He's got power, he's got touch. The best thing about it all is, for me, his technique is a new, modern way of hitting a ball. It's a little bit crossing his hands over. It's probably 20 years what we were taught not to do. And he's just proving that whew, when you've got a gift and you actually understand your gift, you can do anything. It was a wonderful, wonderful innings. It was strange. At one point, I was looking at the stats and anything that was short of a length disappeared. Everything that was full of a length disappeared. Everything that was on a good length was <laughs> actually not disappearing, which kind of goes against what you expect with one-day cricket a little bit. I'm not so sure it is. I think the norm now, it, good length is starting to go the journey. Um, not with the newer ball because people are fraction more circumspect. It's not as cavalier up front as maybe it was uh, sort of 15, 20 years ago when you saw your Jayas Arias and your Gilchrist literally teeing off in those first 10 or 15 overs. You're not seeing as much as that, uh, as much of that, sorry. Uh, you're seeing some quality batting and obviously you're still scoring at 5, 6 and over, but there's a bit more sort of keep wickets in hand and wow, anything can happen. And good length balls on good pitches. The game today showed us two things. One, Josh Butler is a wonderful player, as is Morgan, as are all England's batters. We already knew that. But there are some wonderful surfaces kicking around England to play one-day cricket on. And that was a hell of a surface. And bowlers, watch out. It's going to be one uh, one one humdinger of a World Cup, not for bowlers if we start playing on uh, pitches like that. Yeah, and for a while, for a long while actually, at the 10-over stage, at the 20-over stage, at the 30-over stage, and at the 40-over stage, Pakistan were ahead of where England were. And the reason for that mainly was because, unlike in the T20, their, uh, their pocket rocket at the top of the order, Zaman, um, I'm not going there with the first name, <laughs> was not going as briskly as Joss, but it was putting on a really important innings. He eventually went for 138. The score then, 227 for two. And Pakistan just don't have what England have got. And that is the ability to go hard at the front, the middle and the end. And it just cost them. For a long time in the match, England's bowlers, they looked a little bit toothless. Yeah, they were under the pump. Um, there were a couple of very good knocks in there and, and Pakistan were very smart about how they went about it. It looked to me like they were trying to keep up with the Duckworth-Lewis on the scoreboard all the way through. Um, and they just failed at the end. And that is purely down to their team selection and what they have at their disposal. And that is why England are number one. Um, there's been times Rashid coming in at 11. I think it probably was today as well. And I mean, he's got, I don't know, he's about 15 first-class hundreds. He's a wonderful player. Fine, fine batsman. So it allows England to play with such a freedom. And it's one thing to be given that freedom, but it's another thing to put it to good use. And Butler touched on it in his interview. He talked about... It's not all the practice about forward defence. They practice playing the big shots more probably than the, the forward defence. It is the way that England have been playing for two or three years. It is the thing that Morgan recognised, that we need to get a minimum 300, 350 every time we go out there. And we're going to play in a manner that allows us to do it. And we've got a team that can do it. We bat all the way down to 11. 
Let's hear from Joss Butler. He spoke to Sky Sports following the game. Joss, simply sensational knock. Your first 100 for, for Georgia. How special is that, especially in the manner and the way you went about it? Yeah, very special. Um, obviously, you know, great to uh, have her here um, and uh, obviously delighted to play that way uh, back in an England shirt this summer. So, um, you know, fantastic game of cricket. We, we did great to come out on, on the right side um, and, and delighted to start the summer in that fashion. Your power hitting ability just seems to come so naturally to you. How hard have you had to work at it? Yeah, very hard. Um, I think uh, as we've seen cricket develop a lot in the last few years, I think everyone's um, trying to expand their range at the end of an innings. Um, it's practiced as much as a forward defense probably in, in our side especially. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge part of the game, trying to um, you know, extend that last 10 overs, even into the um, you know, last 15 overs because we bat so deep, it allows us to be very aggressive early on. So uh, it's a big part of the game for us. When you came together with Owen, were there any specific targets in your mind or are you just thinking, I need to play a certain way and we'll get somewhere near where we need to be? Uh, not really. I think we used to start by trying to build that partnership. Um, obviously, Owen was playing fantastically well. Um, the guys set a brilliant platform and, and like I said, we bat really deep. So that allows us to, to really um, you know, try and push on quite early in the innings. Um, there were no real set targets. I think it's at that time you're trying to get as many as you can as fast as you can. Joss Butler speaking to Sky Sports there. It was quite brilliant. You touched on what it is that makes him such a, a wonderful player. You know, if you were to put together a World eleven right now, can you name me a single batsman that would get in there ahead of him? Oh, that's a big shout. And it, it comes down to personal um, sort of take on it. Uh, you know, there'd be a lot saying Corley. There'd be a lot saying... Warner Smith, Root, somewhere in and around there. Williamson. I mean, there's some wonderful players in the world. I'm missing some wonderful players out mm. there. But the one thing you know about Butler, when you get two, you get two strings to his bow. He keeps wicket and he bats, which isn't the same for some of the other guys that we've mentioned. But more importantly, he gives whatever balance you want to your team. You can bat him at one if you want. Genuinely, you could bat him at one in a 50-over game, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was one of those guys that got 200-plus. But also, you can bat him down the order that England use him because it allows the, the top order to play with the freedom and it works for their team. So the way that you can move him up and down the order, um, is that probably makes him more valuable than most. I would say first innings, Butler. Second innings, Coley. I think for chasing the game, Coley is the absolute master. Butler just about, he just plays, he plays his game no matter what. There's, the scoreboard is irrelevant in some regards. Okay, to bowl to then. Who would you rather bowl to, Virat Kohli or Joss Butler? In a one in a fifty over game, a one day international, in the middle overs, who would you rather bowl to? If we're bowling second, I'm probably thinking Kohli because Kohli will will have a bigger picture. He's gonna he's, he's not just gonna play the moment. Um, he's gonna knock it down. He's not gonna take the bigger risks. He'll be able to not take a risk and hit me for four or six once and over or once every couple of overs to keep up with the rate. Whereas Butler will probably just go, This bloke's rubbish, I'm gonna absolutely <laughs> take him apart and hit you out of the attack. Which is it's frightening how good he is and how clean he hits the ball. Let's not forget he's got a beautiful touch as well. You know, he not he caresses the ball at times. But just because he hits it hard, sometimes we he gets the tagger voice, this modern-day crash-bang walloper. He's not. He's got a lovely touch about him as well. He really is that good. I've got a big question for you coming up in a minute. Let's hear, though, before I ask you that question. Uh, Owen Morgan, the captain, who, I tell you what, he is in beautiful form as well. You know, there was a bit of a murmur about Morgan about a year ago. No more. 
You know, he's been playing very well indeed. 50 over and T20. Uh, and once again, put on a, a really useful partnership with Butler and, and scored at brisk pace himself. 71, not out, he ended up. But let's hear a little bit from Owen Morgan talking to Sky Sports. A lot of competition for places when it comes to your bowlers. What did you learn about them, especially in the death overs and when the pressure got high? Yeah, that, that they delivered. Uh, we continued to take wickets, even though Pakistan continued to dominate when we didn't. Um, and that the Sheffer shift in pressure was on our bowlers. So the fact that they delivered under pressure is a really good sign. Joss Butler, how good is he? He's very good. He really is. Um, I was in prime position today to see the whole innings. And he's... Freakish knocks seem to be getting closer and closer together, so that's obviously a, a pretty good sign for us moving forward. But he, he seems to have a gear that just not many of us have. Um, certainly I don't have it, um, but it's great to watch. Well, no offence, but 71 or 40 odd deliveries for you, you played extremely well. But when you see him play the way he does, he's had 15 overs to, to play that knock. Do you sometimes think, well, maybe he should come in a little bit earlier? Oh, it's, uh, he always seems to time his run really well. Regardless of what time he comes in, he always seems to have enough balls to go on and bang a 50-ball 100. So it's always open for discussion. In the change room, we always talk about it. Um, and today, he was, he was brilliant. Probably the difference in the teams. Owen Morgan speaking to Sky Sports following England's 12-run win at the Aegeus Bowl. Um, a good friend of mine was at the cricket today, uh, and he texted me, round team and toss, no Joffre Archer. Um, for the paying public, it was a bit of a slap in the face. Certainly was to my mate. He's a, he's a really good guy to know, actually. He's, uh, he's one of these types. He's not on Twitter. He doesn't get involved in social media, but he loves his cricket. And what I find with my mate is his, his opinion is not swayed by public opinion. He just has his opinion. Uh, and I find him very useful to just touch base with at times. He's just a, he's a normal cricket fan, right? Um, he was really put out. No Joffre Archer. It was the only good thing from the ODI at the at the Oval, which was washed out after 19 overs, uh, apart from the fact that uh, a lot of the fans got refunds. Four overs of Joffre Archer, and there's very few questioning whether he's going to be part of the World Cup. Um, actually, let's hear, before I ask you the big question, let me just, let's just hear. First off, from Freddie Flintoff in the build-up to the World Cup, he was doing this event uh, not far from uh, TalkSport Towers, and, and he was asked about who he put money on in terms of winning the World Cup and whether Joffrey Archer should play. You know what, you, you look at the sides and England have got a definite chance. Going into it with a form side, um, well-balanced, every department covered. You know, the other people, Australia, I think would be a surprise package. India are always good. Pakistan, good tournament players. If I was to have a little foot, I, I would back England. I think we've got a definite chance. And it's the first time in a long time that going into any World Cup in any sport, England can win it. And what about Joffrey Archer? Why is he in the team? Should he be in the team? Well, at the minute, he's not in the World Cup squad, I don't think. He's been playing um, against Pakistan in the, in the one day as and the um, T20. And he's... He's a different sort of cricketer. He's a lad who can bowl very, very fast with control. He's got slow balls. And he seems to do it pretty easy. Um, so there's going to be a lot of contention. There's going to be a lot of debate on whether he should be in the final World Cup squad. Um, it's always tricky bringing new players into a team or a squad which is already successful. But you always want to get better. You want to play the best teams you can. If it was me, having seen the little bits of him, I'd, I'd, I'd have him straight in there. He's, he's an impact player. He's got the X factor. Um, and he, he could be the difference for me in a tournament like the World Cup. 
That was Freddie Flintoff talking to Talk Radio's Johnny Seifert. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, so that's Freddie Flintoff's take. I spoke to Trevor Bayliss, a coach, on Tuesday, the day before the second ODI, and I asked him the question whether, in his mind, he knew his World Cup squad. Let's hear what he had to say. Uh, I've probably got 14, and it probably gets down to that, uh, that last um, bowling spot. Um, it's not going to be an easy decision, and um, you know, whoever misses out will be bitterly disappointed, I'm sure. Um, but um, yeah, that's the way you know, professional sport goes at this top level. Um, we'll have to make a hard decision, but we won't be afraid to make it. Owen Morgan, uh, whilst he doesn't get get an actual vote, he will play a, a big role um, in that decision. Uh, I must say, well, I mean, we've never gone to a vote. We yeah, we always sit down and uh, yeah, discuss those different uh, questions that we've got, and always walk out with uh, yeah, all all as one. So the coach Trevor Bayliss there, he's got fourteen. I mean, injuries permitting, fourteen of the fifteen names nailed on. But he's yet to make that decision about the 15th member of the squad. And the decision will be made alongside Owen Morgan and uh, Ed Smith. Come to a decision. But as things stand, and after watching that second ODI, there is a feeling that Ed Smith, the selector, wants Denley in the squad. And we don't know that for sure. Uh, And the decision will be made, if Archer comes in, to drop one of Tom Curran, David Willey, Liam Plunkett, Chris Wokes, or Mark Wood. Now, if you were a selector, if you were part of that decision-making team, what would you do? Or what do you think they'll do? I think what they will do is they'll probably leave Denley out because I think he was pretty much the last man in. So he's, it's easier to leave him out. He hasn't played a huge amount of ODI cricket, so he doesn't have the pedigree of probably all those others can say, well, hang on a second. Plunkett has been a, 
uh, an ever an ever playing in whatever format. Absolutely. I mean, there was a stat on three years. Sky today that uh, that I saw. Nobody in world cricket has taken more wickets in the last year or so between overs eleven and forty five than Liam Plunkett. And loads of people are coming for his head, which I think is completely wrong and, and unfounded. Took four wickets four or so for against two for today. Yeah. Um, got us over the line in pressure so Pl- times. So Plunkett is in. Has to be. Uh, Wokes has been magnificent with the new ball. Has to be. Well, let me. me just talk about Wokes for a minute because I had a little look at his record. Over the last year, we know his injury has prevented him playing a lot of cricket. Yeah. Um, and whilst with the new ball, over the last three years... I don't think anybody's taken more wickets than he. He obviously offers so much as a bloke, as a new ball bowler, as a batsman at death. There is still this feeling, actually, that this injury is... It could be a problem. And his performances over the last 12 months aren't really backing up the faith that I, as I sit here and you as you sit there, actually have in the guy. I think that's why they'll leave Denley. Because that is a a bit of a cloud. Is the knee going to get through the whole of the World Cup? I think Walks is such a wonderful all-rounder. I don't see him just as a new ball bowler. He gives uh, wonderful depth. You know, you can bat him anywhere from seven to seven, eight, nine, ten. He's a very, very, very fine cricketer. Proven. He is a specialist new ball bowler, which I think Archer. If you look at him in T20 cricket, brilliant in those middle and death overs per se. Doesn't always ball in the power play. He's just got that X factor pace, and because he's right over. Off stump, it gives no angle to for the batsman to get one side off. So middle overs and, and death overs, dynamite. I don't think he's as adept new ball bowler at the minute as Chris Walks is. Chris Walks nips it both ways, swings it both ways. Very fine cricketer. Smart brain with it. I'm not saying that Archer doesn't. He will get to that, 100%. So he's my new ball bowler. Willie, left arm option, genuinely gives him another sort of angle, really. Another dimension. So, yep. so Willie and Wokes in. Left arm, right arm, the experience of Wokes, the all-rounder capabilities, the, the, the well, the brilliance as a bowler as yep. well. Let's let's not make any any bones about it. Plunkett's in because of his record and because he's you can't fault his performance uh, in the last few games. So that leaves TC yep. and it leaves Mark Wood. I mean, I know we're saying he's coming in for Denley, but from a selection perspective, if Archer is to come in for a bowler, I guess it's going to be, these are the two the two boys are going to be a bit nervous. Mark Wood hasn't played yet and is expected to miss a third ODI. Tom Curran, when given the opportunity against Ireland um, and against uh, Pakistan in the T20, has taken it. But how do you see that? Do you see that? I don't see an Archer Curran as a like-for-like, but I do see Archer Wood like-for-like. Definitely. Totally agree with you there. I, I think you look at Curran, he's not particularly a new ball bowler again. He's going to bowl you more middle overs. And then certainly death specialist with slower balls, Yorkers, very smart, cool under pressure. Uh, does it very well in 2020 cricket around the world, not just in England. So he's got good experience with that. And it, as we speak, he hasn't really let England down when he's been given opportunity and he's a young man. So you don't really want to be slapping a young man in the face at this point. Would not as young, a bit more like for like because you're talking that streaky 90 miles an hour stuff. Would's probably more... Up front and middle overs as opposed to death. So the the decision is, do you want somebody to go fast up front in English conditions and then bow in the middle fast and short? Or do you want somebody that's going to be more bowing in the middle and at the death? So Woody's going to be my man to, to go new bowling in the middle and bowl fast. 
Archer's going to be my man to bow in the middle and, and, and go at the, at the death. So my take would be... <sighs> It, it, it is down to one of those two. If you if you're literally saying um, it, one of the bowlers has to miss, and, and if your archer's coming in, then unfortunately Wood misses. But I don't think that. I think they'll leave. Uh, I think they'll leave Denley out easier. Plus, there are some niggly injury doubts kicking around the seamers, um, and they'll just want that extra fast bowler kicking around for English conditions. We're still in May. It's been raining cats and dogs for the last few days. I think this pitch was a bit of an exception. Bearing in mind some of the other grounds that we're playing at where they've had more weather on the west coast of England, there's there's going to be some pitches where the seamers are going to have a day out. Um, so I would pack the seamers. We don't need to worry about the batters. We could leave a batter out and still bat to 10. So there's no dramas there with the batting. I would pack my seamers. Well, I'll tell you what, you say there's no dramas about the batting. But if Jason Roy hadn't played today, maybe that injury concern that had been surrounding him had lasted till ODI 4 or 5, there would be a bit of a concern, wouldn't there? Because, yep. you know, we, there's no Alex Hales. It looks like James Vince is going to come into the side uh, as backup opener. But that is England's, or one of England's, great strengths. Jason Roy today, I don't even think he looked anywhere near the, his best. Uh, it looked a little bit scratchy. It looked like he hadn't played a lot of cricket, which he hasn't. But there he is, 87 before, if not for an unfortunate rain delay, I think we would have looked at, Jason Roy coming back into this side and picking up where he left off in Barbados with another century for England. I wouldn't discount that he's not fully, fully over the injury yet. Um, you know, if it's a back spasm, stroke, sort of disky stuff, it doesn't just disappear. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of scar tissue around there. There's going to be some stiffness. Um, that will be a concern, but I do believe that that they can keep that in check more so than maybe a walks with his knee or something like that. And I think they're so desperate for Jason um, and Johnny Bairstow to open the baton in this World Cup. I think they're so desperate that by hook or by crook, they'll, they'll bandage him up like a mummy to make sure he's out there, Jason. And we definitely need him, definitely. Well, one of the other points that Trevor Bayliss made uh, when he spoke to the media on Tuesday was that they were going to rest players. You know, they were going to manage their workloads. That's a, a modern-day cliche, isn't it? <laughs> so Joffrey Archer missed the second ODI, much to, to, to the disappointment of my, my friend in the crowd. He could come back. Bristol is the destination for the third ODI. Uh, Tom Curran will probably get a game. Mark Wood at some point, maybe the fourth ODI. Archer will come back into it as well. Do you see changes uh, over the course of this series? And, and if so, what do you think they're looking for? And how do you think they're slotting put, put people around? I think they'll they'll try and get a, an attack that maybe balances out if Mo and Rash are going to have like a real sort of turning sort of pitch or a pitch where they might end up at Bristol at some point where it's very small square of the wicket so spinners can have a tough day out. They'll be looking at the makeup of the team for if our sort of two bankers, spinners, don't bowl their full 20 over quarter, where are we getting them from? What's our best options? What are, you know, who covers that sort of 38 to 44 overs that Rash bowls so well now and takes wickets for us? Who's going to cover off that in a seam bowling department? They'll be looking at different sort of connotations with how you would get your attack working for you. Because the one thing that England are brilliant with with the batting, they all know their roles within the team. Brilliant, absolutely nailed on. The bowling attack, pretty much when you pick it at full strength, knows their rules. But as soon as you make one change, all of a sudden some rules change a little bit. All of a sudden people are just doing some things they didn't used to do. You make two changes. So if, for instance, Walks goes down with his knee and then somebody else has a niggle, 
You've got two changes. This will be what England are looking for. They want to get some planning in. They want to know that in English conditions, if they don't desperately need to spin, what are the bankers? What are their options? Where are they going to bowl within the 50 overs? Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, we will await. And uh, this time next week, we'll be looking back at the uh, the third, the fourth, uh, and possibly the fifth ODI. But certainly after what we saw at the GS Bowl, plenty to look forward to. And head of the Ashes and the World Cup, not too long to go. Uh, now, we both know a lot of the good work that the cricket charity Chance to Shine does to get cricket play by children in disadvantaged parts of the country. And thanks to the No Boundaries campaign, England all-rounder Moeen Ali spoke to Hawksby and Jacobs this week. You must be excited about playing in this World Cup because, I mean, we've just seen in the IPL... IPL, we're blessed with some wonderful cricketers at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. It's something that we've been building up for the last uh, three to four years. And obviously being the number one team in the world, we, um, we're pretty confident and not overconfident, but pretty confident and we're ready. And we feel like we, we've got um, a lot to show still. And uh, it's so exciting with the, with the summer coming up and the cricket to be played. I know we, we are favourites, but I think it's you know it's a tr- tricky one really because in yeah. in one day cricket we saw in the last tournament here you know England yeah. played brilliantly to the semi final, put in one sort of reasonably not as good performance and they were out of the tournament so it's it's not easy to win this is it and there's some great players from other countries too of course of course and like as soon as uh, like a team gets on a roll or in form like the the Australias or the the Indias of the world like um, if they're in form. They can obviously be anyone and the same with us. So we, we just got to adapt when the time is right. And I think that's the thing that let us down in the last uh, championship, um, the ICC championship trophy last year, last time. So mm. um, we didn't really adapt quick enough on that sort of uh, wicket. So we'll learn from that. And hopefully this, this could be a yeah. Should be a good summer. Um, the, just finally, I know you've been doing some work with the ECB today on the other uh, no boundaries uh, promotion. Yeah. Tell us a bit, tell us a bit yeah. more about that. Yeah, it's about, you know, it's it's one of those campaigns of, we've heard it for a, a while now where um, it's literally saying there is no boundaries and anybody can play the game. And, um, you know, no matter where you're from, what you look like, whatever it is, um, you know, the game can, and sport in general, unites people and changes people's lives and, and has such an impact on people and it can make a huge difference. And um, I think that's it's a massive thing, especially being obviously in England, we're a very multicultural country, and uh, I think it's it's massive for that. Moeen Ali there speaking to Hawksby and Jacobs. Ali, uh, a NatWest ambassador helping champion cricket at all levels as part of this year's No Boundaries campaign. Did you go to state school? Yes. Did you play cricket? Uh, very few games. Our uh, Mr. Keith was. Um a history teacher, I believe, that loved his cricket. So he tried to get some games, but uh, we didn't play very much. So how did you get into it? Uh, just club cricket. Uh, I was pretty much from about three or four years old, just sat dad, in the row. Your dad and, yeah, it, dad, yeah. Oh, whole family, bonkers. Mum did the tees, brother a bit older, so he was playing, and dad was, um, dad always played. He only retired two years ago. He's 70, 77. He's absolutely bonkers, loves it. And your older brother, of course, is a professional cricketer as yeah. well. Yeah, he played at uh, Yorkshire and Somerset. Uh, and then played a bit of minor counties after that. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Yeah, I didn't play. I played one day's cricket in my life at school. That was at primary school. Didn't play any cricket at secondary school, so I had to do the same. Played for Mitcham. Ah, so with the road in between. You have to um, cross it for changing. Yeah, you do. That's, over, yeah? that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And I think they're trying to sell it to developers. Are they really? Mm. Very and sad. there used to be a pub opposite called the Cricketers. Yep, I know that. And uh, my dad used to go in there. Friday night was practice, so we'd walk because we didn't have a car, walk to practice, I'd go and play, and my dad would, 
It, well, he'd always say, oh, yeah, I was watching. I was watching through the window. <laughs> <laughs> just have a shandy and He wasn't. Him. He wasn't watching through the window. <laughs> he was just drinking beer. Uh, so, uh, what's for you for the next week then? Back to county championship. Yeah, we're back to the Red Bull stuff. Um, for us personally, a very poor one-day uh, I, won't, I won't ask where it all went wrong because we'd be here till next week because it's it, it never got right to, did, to do it? anything other no we were terrible from start to finish um and that's something we need to address definitely because there's been some brilliant one day cricket played you know i mean a lot of clubs like hampshire average scores would have been like 320 330 um which is what we need and and that's why england are a very good one day team uh, there's some brilliant 50 over cricket being played out there in counties uh, but the championship or the champions back to action so it's Somerset next week is it? Yeah we're down to Taunton um, after being rinsed in the, the white ball stuff last week we're back down there um, a, a absolute to the to the to the dot we've got a week break uh, so as of Tuesday that week would have uh, come up and then uh, yeah they're top of the league so it's a tough game um, they're playing some very fine cricket uh, we go with a few injuries, but, um, you know, buoyant. It's a totally different competition. So red ball cricket, uh, you would like to think we're in a pretty decent place. Brilliant stuff. Well, that's uh, great to see you. We'll be back next week looking back at the Pakistan series, building up again to the World Cup and also talking about a county championship and Raw London uh, one-day cup, which reaches the final stages. So uh, hopefully you'll join us then. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 